Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, our new podcast series. We're here today with Steve Letwin. He's the CEO of I Am Gold. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm great, Matt. Fantastic. Fantastic. We spoke Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you here in London, right? It's just, it's you're, great to be here. you're in a world tour. You're off to Africa shortly. I'm off to Africa. I just came from our mine in Suriname. Oh, really? And, and I was there for a week. Well, what's the, what's the, that must be... It's uh, great. Love yeah, it. It's a 300,000 ounce producer and right. uh, growing. And uh, no, things are very good there. And then you're, you're, where else are you off to next? I'm West Africa, then I'm back to Canada. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. You yeah. spend a lot of time on I spend a lot of time at the sites. I go to the sites at least four times a year, every site. That's interesting. So and you're not one of these sort of remote, dirt on a spreadsheet kind of guys. You like to go and actually see what's happening on the ground. You, you don't make money in Toronto. You make money at the sites. And my view is if we're going to ask people to live at these sites, then we should be at the sites. Fantastic. So I stay at the site. I spend up to a week at the site. I eat in the cafeteria. I drink the coffee. And yeah. I listen to our employees. Well, that's great. Yeah. You must pick up a thing or two there. I pick up a lot. You're, you're a big employer there, I'm guessing. Yeah, we have, uh, with contractors, we have 2,000 people. Right. So and I imagine uh, you, you're, the tax as well must contribute to the community. We, we've been an operator there, yeah. Matt, for 15 years. Right. When you consider the payroll tax, when you consider the royalty taxes from the mine yeah. and the spinoff, it's $4 billion. Wow. In, yeah. Net contribution. Yeah. Wow. For a country that has 500,000 people. That's phenomenal. It is. I didn't realize it was that big. Um, can you give us a two-minute summary of I Am Gold? I know it's a huge company, but see if you can encapsulate what it is that you've uh, got there. Well, I, the best way to describe I Am Gold is that uh, it's reinvented itself. So when I joined the company almost nine years ago, um, low-grade um, mines in what I would call higher-risk districts. Mm. And I got headhunted out of Enbridge, where I was in oil and gas, uh, running the U.S. operations in international. So they liked the commercial success I had at Enbridge. Yeah. So they brought me into Iron Gold to quote-unquote reinvent it. It was struggling. Um, and we, we have... What did you come in as? Is it operational? President CEO. President CEO. And we have a fantastic okay. chief operating officer, Gord Stoddard. We have a first-class, world-class CFO, Carol Van Ducci, mm. uh, Jeff Snow. All these people have significant yeah. um, mining experience. I was the one with the resource experience, not the mining experience. But what I think I brought and I think demonstrated is the more the commercial side. Well, I, I, I guess that because one of the numbers I saw stood out on your website was the cost-cutting exercise that yes. you've been through. I mean, it's a big number. It is. So tell people how much. Well, you we were running back. our, our all-in sustaining costs. The accountants used short format to ASIC was running upwards towards sixteen hundred dollars an ounce. You know, when gold was yeah eighteen thousand yeah yeah we were making right. money. Our stock was however high. however right. right. So when it turned and went south towards a thousand, yeah. um, we were the first movers in cutting costs, and we brought our overall ASIC down to a thousand fifty. And the, this was off um, forecasted uh, cost growth that, as I say, would have obliterated mm. our, our balance sheet, our shareholders. Yeah. We sold assets. 
We, we have historically carried somewhere between 700 and 800 million in cash on the balance sheet. We have no bank debt. Well, that's today's number? Yes. Right, okay, that's a lot of cash. Yes, it is. A lot We're of dry the, powder. When you look at our company compared to any mid-tier, other 16 mid-tiers, our net cash position is the, is the strongest of any Phenomenal. company. Yeah, so, well, why? Um, well, I'm 63 years old, and I, I say to people, I've right. been to Vietnam. And what I mean by that is, yeah. I went through yeah. six down cycles yeah, in the oil it. business. Yeah. And you know, when I, when I had success at uh, Enbridge, and they decided to send me to charm school, so they sent me, <laughs> they sent me to Harvard. It worked. Yeah. That's the good news. Um, according to other people. <laughs> right. Thank you for saying that. Right. But, uh, so I went to Harvard for four months. Mm. I was 50 years old, and um, I took one thing away, which I probably already knew, but it was reinforced. Right. Never, never run out of cash. And when you're in a commodity business, you don't want to even look like you're going to run out of cash because the mezzanine financing that comes with it, yeah. the cost of it is so destructive. The equity raises are so dilutive. Yeah. You lose your company. For sure. And so when I got to Iron Gold, um, and again, with the help of Carol Banducci, who I, is a world-class CFO, um, we've built that balance sheet up. And that mentality. Yes. We, we right. do not. Because I, I remember back in 2012, 13, these are difficult times. Yes. When they, obviously when the price of gold changed. Yes. But the mentality was there was so much money around, it didn't matter about the little stuff. Your attitude was, well, actually, it, we have it the kind. really... I, I, I went into the Montreal office, we cut 76% of our staff. Right. In Quick. Yeah. Real quick. Two days. Okay. Terrible times. Uh, Toronto, 33% cuts. Sites, 26%. Right. Brought down our costs. Uh, no one, unless you're traveling to these remote places, you travel economy. So, I, see, I, I think that's fascinating because when I look at large multinationals or you know billion billion dollar plus type company now you're a couple of million bucks um it's got to come from the top yeah. that mentality of you know travel economy um you don't need to spend that or as i've often heard the phrase is if it was your money would you spend it and quite often the answer is no but the big company mentality is kind of curse right. in a way and so you came in day one and said right something's got to change here right so 2016 um, we were the best performing stock on the TSX. 2017, we're the third best. Right. And we started that, that voyage um, in 2013 when we started to cut costs. So our stock went up 486%. Well, I can, t I can remind you the number. The number on your website, 175 million. Yeah. From, from 2013 onwards. Yeah. That's a big so number. we had a lot of people make a lot of money. You know, we, we've seen a lot of Asian interest in, in the stock. So mm. these same shareholders that are investors that I had in oil and gas, I would say 11% of our shareholding at I'm Gold are these investors. So when, when you look at um, the support we have and the belief and the commitment, it's there. And this is money that doesn't turn over every day and doesn't turn over every month. They're long-term investors. Well, I mean... And maybe we could come on to that because we'll ask about shareholders later in terms right. of behavior, etc. But I, I just want to stick with the, the thinking. So there's the fascinating bit to, to me and you know, a lot of people. Like, we don't normally get access to that, the thought process. So 
you come in, you realize that gold price on the way down, uh, your ASIC is, is too high, you got something's got to change, you're making big swathing cuts. So how do you go into a large organization like yours? I mean, because I think at the time, it's, it's, I don't know how many billion it was, but there's a lot of different moving parts. Yes. So how do you compartmentalize that? Probably the best example I can give you is when I first came to the company, um, our administrative staff uh, was looking to move out of the building we were in. We're mm -hmm. in the old Simpson Tower right. in Bay and Queen Street. Yep. And uh, the HVAC is terrible, the, um, the offices are old. Um, and so, and this is no criticism of who is there because they're gone now. Mm -hmm. But you know, they had us scheduled to move into uh, the TD Square. And I said, that's not happening because um, we're gonna increase our corporate costs by a factor of four by moving into these taller buildings that have glass, more glass, and right. look pretty. And there was a sort of a shock. And I said, look at, um, I was born and raised on a farm in Southern Ontario. Right. And I lived with two brothers and three sisters in a farmhouse. Yeah. And when beef prices fell, you cut costs. And um, so it's no different. Same rules apply. Cut. Yep. And you lead by example. I flew economy. Um, where we could, we doubled up in the hotels. Uh, we spent as much time at the camp as possible so we weren't paying uh, hotel bills um, if you wanted to go to dinner you pay for the wine yeah um, I'm not I'm not signing expense reports for $400 bottles of wine which they had gotten used to and so all of those things and again this was this was this was caused by um, you know the fact that gold had gone up so quickly yeah um, people started to party and uh, we had to stop the party yeah, they, they yeah. lose their minds. Yeah. We have the lowest G&A uh, per ounce of any gold company. Okay. I used to be a lot of junior companies, right? And I asked them, have you got a business plan? I, nine times out of ten, right. no, we're going to drill holes. That's, right. the, that's the business plan right. Right, right there, okay? With a large corporation with thousands of employees, there needs to be some rigor, organization, process. So with these departments, different departments, and you, you're going around cutting costs and stuff, were you setting targets? I mean, how do, how do you target people? How do you make them accountable? I learned a lesson from a fellow named Howard McDonald in the oil and gas business when right. Dome Petroleum got into trouble. I was 25 years old and I got hired to be uh, his assistant. Right. When he came from Scotland, uh, he right. said to me, Steve, right. um, the first thing I want you to do is have all the expense reports audited. Yeah. So when I came to Iron Gold, yeah. I had every expense report audited. And <laughs> for, you ner for you nervous people? A lot of people that were not, weren't there a month later. Right. Um, the abuse that had grown into the system. So systematic abuse. Right. De not unusual dental, at that time. No, not unusual. Th these, right. are, these are human beings. Right. Dental work. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, trips. My, be my best one on a, on a set of uh, expenses, a scuba outfit. <laughs> which which was, was a good one. It was and, in, and, inland project, so yeah. it's pretty good. And we've carried that practice. So every right. quarter, the expense reports of the top 10 officers are published for right. everybody to see. Right. That's and, interesting. And my expense report is public information. And so uh, the cost of the hotels, the cost of the meals, right. uh, the cost of the limos, uh, taxis. Right. 
Um, um, I'm not going to ask people to do something I'm not willing to do. And that was the culture we started. And, you know, they're good people. It's just that bad behavior had developed in frothy times. So when we cut all that back, we still live to that mantra. And you have to watch watch it, Matt, because it'll creep back too. It will. It's oh, just I, human nature, as yeah. you said earlier, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm no different than anybody. Mm. I have to check myself and say, hey, uh, wait a minute now. Yeah. Um, so the, so that's, that? the, that's the cost-cutting side. And as, right. as General Motors will tell you, there's only so much for that you can do right. before it goes wrong. So you like the entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Okay, that's a great phrase. Right. It's also something severely lacking in right. large institutions. So. Do you try and encourage that within your, your people too, um, in, in terms of you give them some rope, mm-hmm. but then you obviously you need to measure or set them targets as uh, to success targets. Right. So, I mean, what is the culture there in terms of, we understand cost cutting, what about growth? How do they go about doing that? Our, um, so if you go to our website, you will say empowering people right. leads to extraordinary performance. Right. I haven't seen that. That's a great line. And um, so that, that was the line I brought. And you know, people say, well, where did you get that from? And I said, I'll say, I got it from my mother and father. Because when I was 15 years old, my father went back to school. We lived on a farm okay. with six kids. Yeah. And my father had no choice but to turn the farm over to my brothers and my sisters. And we had to run this farm for three, four years while he went back and got his university degree. Right. So he empowered us. Yeah. And so when we, when, when I was in the oil and gas business, came in the mining business, we empower people to do, we never compromise safety and you never abdicate responsibility, but we say to people, look at, if you see a better way of doing things mm. that don't, doesn't compromise safety, mm. do it. And that has been extraordinary. And the other thing that was happening, you, you talk about costs. The other thing that was happening at Iron Gold because of the run in the gold price was that we were 95% long cycle focused. So we were out, we spent in 2012 $167 million looking for pachyderms, right. looking for the deposit that was going to eliminate our depletion. It was insanity. Right. And so we took a flamethrower to that number. What, what, was the, what was the check moment? You're like, hey, guys, wait a minute. This is not working. I mean, hundreds, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Right? So you must have just gone, <laughs> you must have gone we need to change. So, yeah. I mean, what, what was that conversation? Well, who was that uh, between? It, it starts with the change in leadership where, where they, if they don't come on side, and I was lucky that people came on side pretty quickly. We were blessed with smart, hardworking people. Yeah. Um, but we had some pockets where people believed that they had to keep rolling the dice or we would die. And we went to a short cycle focus. So around Roosevelt and Surname, we, we started to do near mining exploration. We expanded our concession. Mm. Essekin, same thing, Westwood, and we, we had some focus on long cycle, which was Cote. Um, and you have to have some long cycle. But we turned it around completely. We right. went for a, a much 
much more emphasis on the short cycle. Right. So I'm, I'm liking this this short cycle idea because right. there's small controllable steps in, right. in your evolution, as, right. it, as it were, and clearly working, you're sitting on a lot right. of cash today. Right. You're not spending it. Okay. So if I, we've got to bring this back to I am gold, you know, regularly, but I do, I do want to talk more about your thinking because that's right. fascinating. So I am gold uh, last year compared to this year. It's obviously very, very, very tough. Yeah, it's um, been a tough year. We so we're we're skating through first quarter last year, best quarter in the company's history. We were right. trading at eight fifty Canadian. Uh, we won the uh, finance uh, deal of the year at PDAC with Sumitomo. Right. Um, I won, uh, which is always uh, a curse. I think <laughs> I won the CEO, our CEO of the year, uh, highest returns for pay of any CEO yep. in Canada, yep. uh, 100 CEOs. Yeah. Oh, good. You're, so you're the, t you're the top of this mountain, oh, Jesus. looking and, down, oh, God. And, uh, and then and it then, hits you. And then, and then we started to get headwinds at Roosevelt. Yep. Third quarter was tough. Well, headwinds were caused by? Labor, labor issues. Right. Um, you know, late, the guys saw how well the company is doing and then the wanted a piece of it. The curse of money. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, the, and the other headwind was uh, gold price fell from 1350 to 1180. And that makes a difference because that, that's, people need to remember, that's a large percentage of your margin just we're, going there. We're a very high cost producer relative yeah. to others. So as, as, a, as a percentage of your margin, that right. 200 bucks, that right. pretty much wipes out a lot. Here's the other thing that affects us. 35% of our shares are held by passive investors. So it, they're sitting there <clears throat> holding these things, which Quantum. affects liquidity, volume, trading, etc. Okay. Don't don't vote. Don't don't send in proxies. Yeah. Don't take meetings. Yeah. High frequency traders that look at your quarterly results and either buy or sell on it. And by the third quarter, <clears throat> excuse me, we got hit hard. Yeah. Um, our quarter was, was. You know. It? You know who buy? Pardon. Do you know who buy? Oh, I do. Okay. And I, I don't want to mention. Sure, sure, sure. But they're, did you have? They're, a, they're still shareholders. But did you have a conversation? They don't talk to you. Right. They don't have to. They don't. Yeah. It's it's very simple. You, you know the rules. Yeah. They 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 show their shareholdings. Yeah. And uh, as they say, they don't take meetings. So they look at. We behave very well. Yeah. Whether it's high gold prices or low gold prices, mm. we have a very high volume of trading yeah. and they love us, yeah. they model us. And if we're not in that zone, yeah. they'll sell us. And uh, that's, third, that's what happened. That's what happened. Right. We had one uh, quant fund in the, uh, at the end of the third quarter sell in total 12 million shares, literally in a week. And oh yeah, and wow. we dropped twenty one percent. Yeah, I bet. Chum, like that. Because someone thought someone knew something. And then you set right. off circuit breakers for sure. And we and we and we're in the game. Yeah, was, yeah being there, don't I? The but the, but then the retail go. What's happening? Yeah, the retail say, well, nothing's changed. Why is this happening? Yes, yeah, so they don't understand why, but it sets off a series of events. Oh, it sets off panic. Yeah, because you're a retail investor, right? Right. Who has made a lot of money with the company. And all of a sudden, you know, you're you're losing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, 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 so th those things happen. So last year, coming through this year, you are where you are today. Right. Okay. 
So how would you grade yourself in terms of last year? Was it all out of your control? Could you have done something? Could, what would you have done differently? Um, it's never out of totally out of your control. Well, the things you can control is the things you can't. So yeah. I guess, so what no, are those I'm things? I'm just saying that, yeah, the gold price is out of our control. Sure. Should we have been more proactive? Yes. Right. With, who, uh, with what? Is that my responsibility? Yes. Did I drop the football? Yes. Okay. Uh, so what I should have done mm. at the third quarter is reacted quicker. Right. And uh, the market was sending signals around self-funding. The market was sending signals about short cycle, more reinforced short was cycle. Was that behavior then new to you or had you seen that before? It was completely new. Right. So hence the, well, what's going on? We had a guy come in. So if it, happen, if it happens next quarter, what do you, what, you're going to do something. Uh, well, right now, um, you know, we had a guy come in um, hard yeah. on the long cycle side of the equation, right. Cote. So he came in hard and uh, we put out the feasibility study. We have Sumitomo come in. This is a coup. Nobody's ever done this. We have Sumitomo come in for 30% of the project, put up 200 million US. People were applauding. Yeah. People were standing up, giving us Let's the do the deal. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Um, that was in the first quarter last year. By the third quarter, uh-huh. uh, in the gold price falling, in the margin squeezed, in the fact that our cash might be drawn on the balance sheet, mm. they got scared. And they started to send us messages, don't build Cote, which be- was completely opposite to why they bought the shares. So tell people quickly about Cote because it's a pretty pretty big resource, right? 13 million ounces, right. six kilometers off the highway, what? low grade, a gram a ton, uh, bulk tonnage. Yeah, literally it's a no. shifting dirt, beautiful, right? Beautiful. Yeah, simple beautiful. process. Beautiful deposit. Right. Unfortunately, we haven't got a good set of examples in Canada to say successful. Rainy River, Detour, right. even Malartic in the beginning, yeah. you know, stumbled. It's a great mine right. now, but I mean, they stumbled. Um, so Canadian history doesn't reinforce. There was no success to reinforce. Sure. So shareholders looked at it, analysts looked at it and said, go to the sidelines. Don't right. keep right. your cash, go back, go to 100% short cycle. Free cash flow is everything. Nobody's interested in, in uh, uh, giving you money to build this if you have an overrun yeah. and put it on the shelf. What were the capex? A, a billion. A billion bucks. Okay, so it's not nothing. But was there a bit of you that said, well, actually, maybe that makes sense? Or you're like thinking, well, come on, guys, 13 million ounces here. Oh, it, 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 it made sense. But, right. So um, if you built it, how long would you be in, when would you be in production? Two years. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah. And but you you know you've got it's 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 human emotion, Matt. You we're working on this. We bought this in two thousand and twelve. So they want to see. Well, yeah, yeah. we you, you got a team. Yeah. We have seven people from Sumitomo sitting in our Montreal office seconded right. on the project. We've made commitments to our partners. Sumitomo is a tremendous partner. Right. High, high skilled partner mm-hmm. who have a huge positive reputation, mm-hmm. who love this project. So where is it now? It's on the shelf. So you, you have to listen to these these guys, right? Or they punish you. Yeah. And they punished us. Yeah. So when we... Well, hang on. So you listen to them and they still punish no, you. No, listen, listen, listen to what happened. So it was, uh, was kind of unique. We, uh, they're messaging me and us. They're saying, don't build it. Right. We don't make any commitment. Yeah. 
but because of our low margin uh, mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. At, during the Christmas holidays, uh, gold ran up above $1,300. Remember? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. We had the chance to put on a hedge for 150,000 ounces of production. Right. It was called a prepay. So uh, we put on a hedge for 150,000 ounces, yeah. um, costless between, at that time, $1,300 and $1,500. So okay. anything below $1,300, we yep. get paid. Yep. Anything in the middle, nothing happens. We get paid spot. Yep. Anything above $1,500, we pay. Which, God, if it went to 1500 it would be the least of my work. Yeah, you would pay it. That's good. So we right, received okay. We will receive $175 million U.S. Right. for production that doesn't have to be delivered till 2022. Right, okay. Cost is 5.38%. Very low. Take that, yeah. All that is great. Board approves it, and we think we have $700 million in cash. We add another 200 million, we have a cushion. Our shareholders are gonna embrace this. Let's go ahead with Cote. We don't announce Cote, but we do this financing deal. Market sees it as a signal catalyst. Right, yeah. We're gonna announce Cote. Our stock dropped 22% in two days. That's a hit. That's a big hit. Every major shareholder phoned me and said, you're going ahead with Cote. I said, we haven't decided. We're not deciding until March. They said, well, why did you do this? I said, because we could. Right. And it gives us insurance. And they said, don't go ahead with Cote. Two weeks later, we announced we're going to put Cote on the shelf. Stock recovered. Everything it lost. Okay. Everything. Same guys. Same <laughs> yes. guys. That, that's, a, that's a heck of a message. Again, just coming, finishing up. And I say, so you, you'd have done that differently. Yes. Any, anything else? Any other learnings? I would say the major learning is uh, listen to your shareholders. I mean, they're not always going to be right, but they're the ones putting up the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't surprise. And I think I wasn't insightful enough to realize I was going to surprise them. And mm-hmm. maybe that sounds a little bit stupid. Um, but I honestly thought, and our management team and board honestly thought that this fantastic deal we did one-of-a-kind deal yeah. um, was going to be something that would allow us to move ahead. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't uh, bounce it off anybody because uh, we had to act so quickly. The window was so short. Uh, to get it executed wasn't easy, and we mm. got it executed. We were actually so proud of ourselves that when we did it and announced it, we thought our stock was going to drop work. 10%. Right. Right. And it dropped 22 yeah. So, um, talk about misreading. Big lesson. You don't make that mistake twice, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's fascinating, by the way. Yeah. That's a real insight. Yeah. Um, now, I've had the, the words workaholic right. and similar thrown at you when someone I asked someone what you're like. So, you, you, you travel a lot. You're, you're on a plane a lot. What's a typical day for you? I'm up at 5.30 and I work hard mm. and I've always worked hard and I'm in the office every weekend and I love what I do. You enjoy I love, it. I love my job. Right. This is a very tough business right now. Um, it's uh, lost its luster and it'll come back. It's mm. cyclical. Um, I, asked, I asked this fellow who I knew extremely well in New York. 
who eventually passed away at the age of 77, worked all his life. So when he, uh, he had cancer, and I went to the hospice in New York, and I said, uh, any, any advice in terms of you know, your success? He said to me, Steve, stay at the table as long as you can. Yeah. He said, because we're in a business, and he was in the resource business, yeah. We, there will come a point where you can harvest all of that hard work, mm. but you got to be at the table. So strong balance sheet, mm. which we have, um, good reserves, which we have, which we can monetize, and the ability to stay at the table as long as you can. Now, we become vulnerable, which is where these rumors come from. Mm. Um, we have such a powerful inventory of reserves now, 18 million ounces. At a at that that are very low cost from a you know and they they're all similar ore bodies are they or do you have different things well, going on um, in in Roosevelt uh, over two grams a ton twenty mm. kilometers from the mill I mean it's two million ounce resource mm. Cote thirteen million ounces as I said um, but in terms of the skill sets required to You've yeah. got all the necessary skill sets. All the necessary yeah, and I'm not going to call time. it easy, but right. it isn't anything we haven't done before. Okay. So when you look at the fact that world uh, reserves, gold reserves are dropping yeah. exponentially, we're replacing 20% of what we produce. Yeah. Uh, gold production is still very high, mm. but reserves have dropped tremendously. Um, we become vulnerable. Yeah. And um, people ask me all the time, are you a target? Absolutely, we're a target. Um, absolutely, people are looking at us. Absolutely, um, you know, things could happen. Mm. Um, we, ha we don't comment on it, um, but, you know, obviously, um, when you have that kind of reserve base, 850,000 ounces yeah. of production, um, and the skill sets that we have in a land package that yeah. we've built now, yeah. that it's all short cycle driven in most respects. The, the, this is a very attractive, and people aren't interested in gold now, but the smart players, the long-term players, mm. will look at this and say, whoa, this doesn't happen every day. Yeah. So that's how a lot of the rumors eight. start. Yeah, I see, right, how does that, so Kote would maybe, Potential to take you over a million. Cote would if, definitely. If that, and just to finish off on that, I gotta ask. So, you've been told to park it. Yeah. Till when? Till they tell us not to. Oh boy, <laughs> you know I'd be really intrigued to understand that more. But we've got more to talk about because sure. I've you know I've got you here today, and we're really pleased to have you here today. Um, what what are you measured on? Your, sure, your, that's it. That's your thing. Are you remunerated the same way? Yeah, and when we were in the doldrums, I took, uh, you know, I qualify for cash bonuses. I took every cash bonus in shares. Okay. I never took any cash out of the company. I've never sold a share, ever. Right. And so I'm the largest independent shareholder of the company after eight and a half years. Okay. Do you, do you think there's any kind of credence in this thought that for investors, not institutional, I, I'm, I'm Retail, high net worth family office. Those are the guys we're talking to and listening to you today, okay? For, for them, do they invest into producers? Is oh, absolutely. You think there's money to be made? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, when you look at the metrics right now, um, 
I mean, there's good money that can be made. And again, it's all about sentiment. It's all about momentum. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, our share price performance in 16, 17, and most of 18 was stellar. Um, you going to get back there? If we, don't if we don't get taken out, we will be. Well, that uh, we will. And we've already, we've already initiated uh, cost cutting. We, yep. we reduced our workforce at Westwood by 300 people, you know, 25% of workforce. Yeah. And we're going to, we're, we're initiating productivity improvement. We're going back, I say back to the future a bit. Right. Uh, to 2013-14 when we did all the cuts and lessons learned. So, you know, we need to get to a self-funding model. Yeah, because... You can't rely on the market. Of course. Yeah. To a large degree, you can't, right? right. But you're sitting on a lot of cash. Have right. you got any debt in there? We have 400 million due in 2025. But net, right. net cash, we're 400 million. Right, okay. okay. So we're strong. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. That, that, that's not a bad ratio. So if I, if I think about investors coming in, new investors coming in today, Right. Not guys have been there a while today. Um, do you think that you, or generically, generically if you want to, producing companies are more focused on paying down debt rather than paying dividends? Um, or you know, what are the options for companies like yourself to you know look after investors when times are good? You're sitting on a lot, a lot of cash. People are like you know sentiments like, okay, well, can we have some of that? Oh, uh, every day. Right. Why aren't you buying your shares back? Yeah. Here. So what's the answer? The answer is you're right. We probably should be buying our shares back. Right. Because when you're at a P.3 PNAV, the math says buy your shares back. So you're going to? Um, we're going to look hard at it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, it hasn't escaped us. But, you know, the problem with being um, a high cost producer, even though we've brought our costs down, mm. is that you covet that cash. And mm. so. Um, I don't want to be buying shares back and then having to go back to the market and use equity to raise cash again. It's True. It doesn't make much sense, no. but mathematically, when shareholders say you should be buying your share, shares back, they're absolutely right. I mean, there's no argument to that. Why, why, are the, why is the ASIC so high? If I, if I look at other large-scale, large which you are, um, low-grade, bulk, bulk producers, you know, we've seen quite some quite low numbers. Is, is it entirely down to the ore, the geography? The, you know, what, what, is, what are the things that drive that? And what, why can't you drive it down more? Well, we were on the path of driving it down significantly with Cote coming on, Saramac and Roosevelt. We're a low grade. We run anywhere from 0.8 to 1 gram a ton. Wow. So, and we have historically been that. And our mines are old. So um, that's why Cote was such a big contributor. That's why... Westwood, which had some challenges, mm. was, a, was supposed to be a big contributor. And then our big discovery in, in Suriname will help tremendously at Roosevelt. Mm. So we were projected to drop from 1,050 mm. down to 850-ish. So huge uh, leverage. Mm. Now, I will tell you that, yes, we are um, high cost, but a lot of the peers are catching up to us. So some of these bigger companies are running into the same kind of challenge, hard rock, low grade. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that we're counting on that to happen, but it is happening. Right. Um, we need to get our costs down. There's no question about it. We're going to we're going to continue to do what we're doing. We're hoping that Cote, when we move that into the mix, uh, 700 seven hundred dollar ASIC, 
Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't oh, yeah. That's $700 right. ASIC. Uh, our net was 325,000 ounces. You throw it into a base at 850. Yeah. You and you're going to yeah. bring your average down. Rosabelle with Saramaca, you're bringing in two grams a ton soft rock into a mill that paid for itself eight years ago. So your, your ASIC comes down dramatically. Mm. We had 100,000 ounces of production from Saramaca into Rosabelle yeah. on a 300,000 ounce producer at uh, ASIC that's, you know, seven seven fifty. Right. And uh, so that was the strategy. Bodo and Senegal, same idea. Essican with discoveries around Essican and Burkina Faso. So there was a plan to bring it down dramatically, but we just got, mm. uh, you know, we ran into a bit of a detour um, just around market sentiment. And again, we, we stumbled with Westwood. We had some seismicity challenges there. Uh, and, you know, Matt, it's like anything, whether it's a business relationship, a marriage, whatever, if somebody loses confidence, uh, it costs you. And, you know, with the seismicity issue at Westwood uh, that we had in the first quarter, we had some confidence issues in the market. So, and I, I understand that. It's a cyclical yeah. business, always has been. It's just we can't quite predict right. the cycles right now. It's, 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 a, it's a strange market uh, for sure. So you've got to get this balance between running the business, all those things you've just talked about, and the thing you're measured on, which is share price appreciation. You must have a pretty good team around anything you mentioned. Yes. Some of them early, earlier and, you know, got a dependence on them. Yes. So if I was to say, what would your message be to investors about what the next couple of years looked like? And I also want to come back to, you mentioned a second ago, there'd be people knocking on your door. I suspect I know the answer. Any M&A activity going on? Well, you know, we have always uh, looked at opportunities mm -hmm. and have never been able to, you know, we've made a number of offers to companies to um, to acquire them. Right. And it's never really worked out because the right. premium they were looking for was, you know, beyond our yeah. you know, reach. Um, but we've never we've never been able to find anything um, that really did much for us. And that's not to say they aren't out there, but when when you hear uh, Mark Bristow, who I have a huge amount of respect for, um, or Gary Goldberg, who mm. I also have a huge amount of respect for, talk about you know selling assets. These are very smart guys. They're not going to sell their best assets. Sure. What are they going to sell you? Yep. They're going to sell you their seconds or third. So you, you see a lot of roadkill. And um, unless you're a miracle worker yep. you know, to take that, that dead carcass and, and rejuvenate it, yep. um, you know, you're really not going to want to buy that. So it's, it sounds good like, oh, we have shareholders that say, Keep your cash and save it for yeah. when yeah. Mark is going yeah. to sell. You're, you're yeah. good. But you're good for a while, okay? Yeah. You've got a no. reserve, a huge reserve, right? Where? But at some point. Yeah, there's no panic. There's no panic, right? right. Okay, you're good for a while. Anyone knocking on your door? We always have people knocking on our door. Okay. Yeah, there's always people looking. And uh, as they say, how could they not? But, you know, we never comment on it. Um, and you, and you know, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, it, it's one of these things where people will be seemingly interested, but again, it's hard to get over all the barriers that seem to be in front of them. 
Right. And, um, like, what do you mean? Like what? When Rangold and Barrick did their new no premium deal, mm. they set a standard at the Denver Gold Show mm. a year ago. And um, so, okay, Rangold and Barrick did a no premium deal. Let's do a new no premium deal. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but what does that look like? That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And the market punishes high premium deals. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not quite as easy as people might lead lead you to believe, right? You're trading at a 0.3, 0.4 PNAV. Hard for you to use your paper to buy an asset. It's very dilutive. Mm-hmm. You become very attractive to a high PNAV company that's saying, I don't want to pay you a premium because Mark uh, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't do that. Mark and John didn't do it. Well, they did it for different reasons and it was a great deal that they did, but, and they were extremely clever the way they structured it. I, my hat's off to them. It really was mm-hmm. a very clever deal. Um, but that doesn't mean that sitting with iron gold shareholders that we're going to accept a, you know, no, no subpar. Yeah. What? Why deal. would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, hopefully, you, hopefully you won't. No. But there are. I mean, I mean, again, if gold does start moving, and there is momentum. The only sense of that, because if I if I talk to uranium guys, if I talk to copper guys, nickel guys, so everyone's got all commodities have got their problems, right? Right. It's it's woe is me. It's the price, it's not me. Have you got a sense of what the gold market's doing? I think the gold market has more upside. And, and, and you, if you follow it, and I know you do, mm. I've, I've been watching it, especially even over the last couple of days. Gold dropped down to around 1270. Yeah. Uh, it seems to have a floor between 1250 and 1270. And today, last time I looked, it was up 10 bucks. Um, you don't think anyone's controlling that? You think that? Well, there are lots of just, conspiracy theorists. Well, that's right? what I'm yeah, getting who know, at. Who knows? Who knows? It but seems when it goes above thirteen hundred, people, some, someone doesn't some like it. Some wingnut sells yeah. it in uh, somewhere in a drop. Somebody sells a billion dollars worth of gold, and yeah. all the conspiracy theorists yeah. come out. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I have no idea. This much I do know. Okay. That the only thing that matters is the dollar, U.S. dollar. It's the only thing that matters. I mean, you can have a warship show up in the Straits of Hormuz and with Iran, and nothing happens. Mm. But if the U.S. dollar drops, gold moves up. And if there's any sense that the U.S. economy is going to weaken and that the U.S. dollar is no longer the haven, right? Gold will move up. So if you're you're Canadian, right? Yes. Okay. So I can ask you this without fear of retribution. In the U.S., you, you got polarizing politics at the moment. You've got the Republicans who are very sure that Donald Trump is, is, is changing the nature of business. Yes. He's make, freeing people up to do good, but especially mining, right? right? And you've got the Democrats who mm-hmm. are fearful that some of his policies will lead to you know, more, more debt. You know, they, it's, it's some extraordinary number at the moment. Uh, and his, his uh, policies internationally as well. So right. given that arena, that political arena and what it, what it looks like today. What's the, what's the call you're going to make on the American dollar and where it's going? You got one guy because you're going, we're going great guns. Trump's doing things for our market and you got Democrats with their view. What do you think is going to happen to the dollar? 
So I, I spent 10 years in Texas and, uh, and I had the same style of management. I spent a lot of time in the field. Mm. And I remember sitting in Louisiana and uh, we had some issues and this guy said, Mr. Latwin, put the alligator on the table and let's talk about it. And I said, okay. Right. <laughs> so here's the alligator on the table. Right, that's a okay. good one. Okay. Here's the alligator on the table. $22 trillion in U.S. debt. Worldwide debt at $250 yeah. trillion. Uh -huh. Every man, woman, and child on the planet, $88,000 U.S. dollar for the debt. Mm. Okay? No one seems to notice. No one seems to talk about it. Mm. You hear conspiracy theorists on the gold side, the gold bug, saying mm. there's another $22 trillion that's not even on the books. Our Canadian government is spending like drunken sailors, mm. highest debt in history, and the U.S. doesn't seem to care. I believe yeah. in my heart of hearts that someone will wake up one morning and say, um, there's too much debt. And with Trump using the U.S. dollar as a weapon, you see Russia, China de-dollarizing. Yeah, a lot of that. Yes, and if you got the shit kicked out of you, on a regular basis by Trump, which he likes to do, yeah. you will find a way to hit him between the eyes. And these countries, smaller than, than, than the US, are gonna hit him back. And Ch I worked a lot in China and Hong Kong. I worked for five Hong Kong billionaires. There's one thing you don't do. You do not cause them to lose face. Right. You do that, yeah. similar to the Japanese, yeah. they will pay you back. Yeah. And he's gonna have. And they'll wait. He's gonna have his come up inside. Right. Uh, you know, he's a he's a he's got some great business ideas, but this bold, brash, kick the shit out of my friends attitude, which got him the hated, most hated guy in New York State. Mm. They hate him. It's gonna come back. Now, when does that happen? I don't know, but if the U.S. dollar does start to turn, just like gold did. Mm. The gold price will move through $1,400 and $1,500, and it will do it quickly. All right. That's a great, great Thank interview. You. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Um, I know we didn't spend much time on, on the company, but I think it's a no. very well-told story in the marketplace, but I think people will appreciate an insight, just a small insight into your thinking, your right. logic, and your management style, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.